Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Ted, without further ado, would you please welcome on Z. Z, how are you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? You guys hear me good? You sound good, bro. Um, let us know, guys. Type one if he sounds good. He's got a microphone in tonight, and it's sounding really juicy, really clear. I asked him, Z, I would love for you just to intro yourself to the stream, share some of your testimony, and then we're going to get into talking tonight about the fire of God and the power of God. Um, but yeah, Z, just go for it, bro. For those who don't know me, my name is Z, 25 years old. I got a beautiful wife named Celeste, two beautiful daughters named Winter and Summer. Um, at the age of 15, I was bound by drug addiction, so lost in my drug addiction, taking Oxycontin at just 15. One day I went to church. Come on, somebody, for those who kept getting invited to church and you finally decided to go, I stepped into that service. When I stepped into that service, the leader of the service told me, he said, whatever you need from God today, whatever you want from God today, he's going to answer you. So I went to the altar and I said, God, if you are real, if you are real, like my parents say you're real, God, I want you to tell me why I am here. Because deep down inside, all of us, you and I, every person at the end of this live feed, we are searching for a why. God, why am I breathing? God, why did you put me here? God, what is my purpose? I know there's more to life than me just being depressed. I know there's more to life than me just being bound by drug addiction. I know there's more to life than me just walking around and doing nothing God and I was searching for my why come on before I could even finish that prayer thank God for the person speaking she came up to me at the altar she was hearing from the Lord thank the Lord for those that seek God come for on a fresh word for his people to be the answer to the call come on somebody there's pastors out there watching this and I want to tell you that you are answering the call for a purpose for a reason even if you don't feel like it sometimes keep prophesying come on even if you don't feel like it sometimes keep preaching even if you don't feel like it sometimes keep going another round keep counseling keep discipling keep reaching because that day she began to tell me you want to know why you are here she said you want to know what your purpose is and I said yes that's exactly what I prayed and she began to tell me you think you're gonna play football but you're gonna play on another field Come you're on. gonna play for the kingdom of God I'm gonna use you in the music industry I'm gonna use you to preach the gospel you're gonna go around the world that prophecy man that prophecy has come to pass today I got another prophetic word when I was young my pastor pastor Ed the pastor I grew up with he told me if you can get your your character to match the Come level on, of your me. gifting Come on somebody out there whose gifting is up there but we need character to match the level of our gifting come on somebody we need our prophetic experiences to translate into practical life come on somebody the prophetic word is good man but it needs to translate into you loving your wife like christ loved the church come on can i preach right now the prophetic word is awesome and getting the fire of god sounds great at church but it needs to translate to you being patient with your children at home that's what i'm working on i'm not preaching to nobody i'm preaching with you guys and she began to prophesy that you're going to do these things. Then I began to be um, totally changed at the Awakening 209. I left the city of San Jose 
to go and be a part of the revival there with my uncle, my aunt, my cousins. God was doing something amazing there. And all I remember till this day in my prayer time, I long for those days. It's not that I, I don't think that God can do greater. It's there's something special about that first on, time Zay. that you fell in love with the presence of God. There's something special about that day I pulled up on Castle Road. And before I even walked through the doors, I felt the presence of Almighty God breaking my bondages, breaking my addictions. Before I even walked through the door, I felt the love of Jesus calling my name. As soon as I in the parking lot, can I speak to some leaders that need to start praying over the parking lot? Because God is so powerful, God is so mighty, he can anoint your parking lot. And when people are driving by having no business to do with God, they'll begin to be wooed to the house of God. They'll begin to be wooed to your Come live on. feed. Somebody watching this right now that stumbled across this video, I got a word for you. If Jesus can break my chains, he can break your chains. On, I got Z. a word for you. If Jesus can set me free, he can set you free. I got a word for you. If Jesus can set this drug addict free, come on, somebody, he could set you free as well. I got a word for you today, man. I was searching. I was lost. I was bound. But one day, a man by the name of Jesus, come on. he called me by name. Come on, somebody pay attention to God calling your name today. There's some of you watching this right now, and through this live feed, you can audit hear the spirit of God calling you by name, saying your name and calling you to come close. Come on. That's what happened that day. I began to do ministry with my cousin. It launched me into full-time ministry and that's what I do now, but I'm already getting to preaching, but God is faithful, man. That's, that's where we're at. You know, bro, I love it. And right now, listen, guys, I know a lot of you are saying it's disconnecting. Facebook is having server issues. I just looked at the down outage and we're coming back here. All right, just stay with us. If it keeps disconnecting, go in and go out. I know it's an inconvenience, guys. This is all part of doing it online. You know, we've streamed hundreds of hours. We've had this issue one other time. So we're just gonna keep preaching right through it. Just keep refreshing. Um, I'm watching my internet here. My internet's good, but there's some Facebook issues and errors that are popping up. So we're just gonna preach right through it, guys, because we believe tonight nothing can stop what God is doing. As he was saying, there is a fire that changes everything. There is an encounter that changes everything. I was just thinking about today, Z. Encounters are what keep the fire burning in our lives. All week long, we're encountering other gods. All week long, we're encountering other things. We're having encounters with hours on Facebook, encounters with Starbucks, encounters with Instagram. We spend hours on social media. We spend hours in front of the television. We spend hours in front of our favorite movies, our favorite music, and we're willing to invest time and energy to encounter other things. But I'm telling you, what about our encounter with God? What about the presence and the power of God? It is in the place of encounter that God will light the fire on the inside of us. Some of us tonight, we say, well, we don't have the fire of God. I'm telling you, the reason why you don't have the fire of God is because you're not spending time with the one who is fire. When we're talking about getting the fire, when we're talking about preaching on fire, some of you say, how are you guys so on fire? It's all about spending time in the presence of God. It's all about being in the fire of the Holy Spirit. God is the fire. God is the power of the Holy Spirit. Shelly just said, log off and come back. It'll start working. Guys, we're going to work through it, guys. Okay, I know it's stressful here. I'm looking at the meter go up and down. It stresses me out too, but I'm telling you, the fire of God transcends all of it. I'm telling you, tonight is your night to catch that encounter, to catch that fire. It, it, the Bible says this in Hebrews 12, 19, that our God is a consuming fire. From the God that you serve is an all-consuming fire. 
Z, I think about your life and I think about my life. The moment that we caught the fire, it began to consume every single part of us from the fire of God is not partial. When you catch the fire and you're consumed by the fire, you can't talk the same. You can't walk the same. You can't live the same. When the fire of God consumes you, you can't think the same. Your entire life now becomes about God. I think back to my life. It was all about drinking. It was all about partying. It was all about my career. It was all about getting good grades in college. It had nothing to do with the presence of God. But the moment that I encountered him, I became consumed with the fire of God. I became consumed with the presence of God. You hear people Z all the time get saved and they say, the moment I got saved, I went and sold everything. I laid everything down. I started getting rid of my video games and my television and my movies and my relationships. Friend, that was the fire of God in your life that was purifying you and renewing you. It consumes your life. Let me just say this as we get started here, and I'm just going to be blunt because it's our stream. We can be blunt. Your life is worthless if you're not burning with the fire of God. Paul says, my life has no value if I'm not doing what God has called me to do. Friend, outside of the fire of God, Christianity is dead and it is weak. I believe one of the issues that we have right now is we've lost the fire in our churches. We've lost the passion. Pastors and leaders, we want to preach to you tonight. It is time for you to get your fire back. It is time for you. We're good. We're reconnected. Let's go. It's time for you to get your praise back. It's time for you to get your shout back. You might be watching and I feel the fire right now in my bones and you're sitting back and you say, Isaiah, I get up and preach on Sunday morning and there's death in my pulpit. There's no passion in my pulpit. There's no excitement in my pulpit. And I'm telling you, you need a fresh dose of the fire and the power of God. When that fire comes upon you, you begin to jump. You begin to shout. I know some people ask us, why do you guys shout all the time? Why do you guys jump and praise and dance? Is it a show that you're putting on? Friend, you need to hear me loud and clear tonight. We're not doing this for a show. We don't preach this way because somebody taught us how. It is the fire of God that gets us to be this way. It's the fire that makes you shout and jump and passionate and crazy to the world. If you're feeling calm tonight, maybe you need, oh, I felt the Holy Ghost maybe you need the fire of God. If you're feeling dry tonight, maybe you need the fire of God. If you're feeling sad tonight, you need the fire. If you're feeling irritated with your spouse or your kids, come on, somebody help me preach, or your boss or your coworkers, you need the fire of God. If you're tired in your body and weary in your soul, who am I preaching to? Where are y'all at tonight? Come on, you need the fire of God. If you're on the verge, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, if you're on the verge of breaking down or giving up, you need the fire of God. See, the way that you put out a fire in the natural is to stop, drop, and roll. But how many know that if you're on fire in the natural realm, the last thing you want to do is run around because it spreads the fire. Oftentimes when people get caught on fire, they try to run around, but it only makes it worse. If you dance, it makes the fire worse. If you move, it makes the fire worse. And I'm telling some of you tonight, the reason why we shout is because it spreads the fire. The reason why we run around is because it spreads the fire. The reason why we jump is because jumping spreads the fire. Moving around. Some of y'all tonight, you're just crusty, dusty, and religious. And you need to just move around a little bit. You know, see, it's like a crime now to move around in church. It's a crime now to be excited in church. But I believe somebody needs to lose their mind tonight. Come on, there's 650 of you watching. Share this right now. Somebody needs to move around and spread the fire. This is why Paul and 
I'm about to turn it over here in a minute, but this is why Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you need to fan the flame. How do you fan the flame? By praising, by shouting, by worshiping, by singing, by dancing, by clapping, by zeal. The fire is not going to fan itself. The fire is not going to keep itself going. Sometimes we lose the fire because we don't fuel it and we think it's going to stay lit, but the only way to keep the fire in your life lit, and it's not your pastor's job to keep your fire lit, it's your job is what Paul says that you need to fan it. You need to be intentional. So stop apologizing for your shout. Stop apologizing for your praise. Stop apologizing. Some of you are in dead lukewarm churches and you get all uncomfortable when you lift your hands because nobody's lifting their hands. You get all uncomfortable when they co- when you come to the altar. I'm not going to apologize for my shout. I'm not going to apologize that the veins are popping out my neck. I'm not going to apologize that I run around or that I'm charismatic or I'm Pentecostal. I'm not going to apologize for the fire when somebody tries to hate on you you need to let them know sorry i'm just trying to fan the flame that you don't have i'm just trying to keep this fire going in my life the enemy is trying to put out the fire but god is saying tonight it's time to fan the fire why are we on this broadcast why are we going live on tuesday nights and friday nights one person wrote me z this last week they said you don't understand your live streams are what are keeping me going i can't survive they said my week revolves around tuesday and friday Friday night. I'm starving for the word of the Lord. Let me tell you why me and him got on here tonight. It's because we're here to fan your flame. We're here to speak to your inner man. We're here to tell you that the same spirit that raised Christ is alive on the inside of you. I had to put my desk standing up. Somebody said, you never stand up during the podcast. I had to because we're talking about the fire and I'm getting all sweaty and all fired up because I'm telling you the fire is real. It's not distant. It's not far off. The fire of God is the Holy Spirit and he is among us and tonight I'm telling you I'm turning it over here Z to you but I'm telling you tonight's the time to fan the flame and let that fire begin to burn in your life well why do you why do you shout like that why do you praise Come like on. that people ask why you're so radical I tell people all the time I praise radical I pray radical I live radical because I was saved radical come on, come on. listen to me somebody out there I was saved radical I'm a walking miracle man I shouldn't be here today I was on my way to hell and I don't know if God did that big of a miracle in your life but don't hate on my praise because come God on. did something big it was no ad- when God called Isaiah. It was no average thing when God called him out of the party, out of the drug addiction, out of the pornography, out of the lust to go and be a prophet to the nations. It was no average thing when God called me out of my drug addiction to go and minister and be a blessing to the nations. So no, I won't give God an average praise. No, I won't give God a routine praise. No, I won't just go through the motions. I preach radical because I was saved radical. I preach with the fear of God because I don't have the fear of man. Come on. Listen, one of the biggest breakthroughs we can have in our life is to get rid of the fear of man. One of the greatest deliverances you can have is to be delivered for the fear of people. Well, what am I going to, what am I going to do when they talk about me? What am I going to do when they say things about my praise, man? Don't worry about that. Like David said to his wife, that praise wasn't for you. That praise wasn't for them. That praise was under God. That praise was under Jesus. I was lifting my hands under Jesus. Come on now. And when we get the fire of God in our lives, it's like when a fire hits a house, what happens when a fire hits a home 
Everything's got to get out. Everybody get out. Get Come out. On, and some Z, of you, say the it. fire of God is hitting your life through this live feed right now. Ooh. And you're already feeling the spirit of God kick demonic spirits, demonic forces out of the house. You're already feeling the spirit of Almighty God come in and consume. Isaiah, I love that you said all-consuming fire. Because we love the part-consuming fire, come God, on. that we make up in our own minds sometimes. We love the partial-consuming fire that we make up that doesn't really convict us but god doesn't describe himself like that the word of god says that he's the all consuming fire fire we don't want that word we don't like that word but he says i want all of you or none of you he said to isaiah i love that part of your testimony isaiah when he says i don't want 99.9 percent .9 of you looking to come take full residence and if you feel things getting ready to shift if you feel relationships are getting ready to be pruned off that's the fire of god coming and burning things yes. up consuming things up well i'm just so sad because i'm gonna have to really break up with that guy or that girl and you feel the conviction to do it don't be sad it's because god is consuming a part that doesn't have value god is consuming a part that's not going to be able to go with you in the next season can i preach to somebody come right on. now that has been asking for the fire of god loosely Wow. Because we ask for the fire of God so loosely. We say we want the fire. But the question is, are you positioned for fire? Isaiah, I think of Moses. I think of the burning bush. And we want those encounters when God shows up through the burning bush. But where did God find Moses when he showed up with the fire? He found Moses serving his father-in-law, Jethro. Tending the flock. Come on, somebody. He was taking care of the flock. He was serving his father-in-law. The Bible says for 40 years, he might have felt forgotten. Come on, am I preaching to somebody Come that on. feels lonely? Can I preach to somebody that feels like they're not noticed? You are in perfect position for the fire of God to show up in your midst when you find yourself faithfully serving at the mm. post that nobody might know about. He was faithfully serving at the post that nobody knew about. And the fire of God shows up and begins to speak to him. Are we positioned? Are we truly positioned? We say, God, we want that fire, but are we truly positioned in service, faithful at our post? Some of us don't grow because we continually uproot ourselves. Say it. We don't like the way this ministry functions. We don't like the way I got rebu rebuked here. So I'm going to uproot myself and go to another ministry, right? And so we never truly bear fruit because if I take a plant right now, stick it in the dirt, it's not going to bear fruit in one day. It's going to take me taking care of it. It's going to take your leaders pouring into you. It's going to take you being corrected. And then it's going to take you being pruned. Come, Come on, on, somebody in a pruning, pruning season right now. Sometimes we got to get pruned. And the fire of God leads us to these places where we're getting pruned. And then it grows and bears fruit. But if we are not faithfully serving at our post like Moses was, my question for you right now is, are you positioned for Come the fire? On. And then what happens? God tells Moses, he says, Moses, Moses, two calls. Everybody listening to me right now, you better watch out for that double call. Come from on, God. Z. You better watch out for that double call from God. Because when that double call comes like it came to Moses, it means there is an urgency. And I believe right now more than ever, Isaiah, and I stand here with the conviction of God on me, I believe that we are in a very urgent hour to go and reach like we've never reached before, to pray like we've never prayed before, to build like we've never built before. Come on, we are in an urgent hour. And he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says what? When the fire of God shows up, the answer to your prayer comes, God, I want the fire. The answer to your prayer comes, Moses says, here am I. Here I am, God. And God is looking for a generation 
that when the fire actually yes. shows up, come on, somebody, when God actually shows you it's going to cost some friends, when God actually shows you it's going to cost you time, when God actually shows you it's going to cost you that secret sin, he is looking for a generation that says, still, here I am, God, send me. Remember in Isaiah, who will go before us? And he said, here I am, Lord, send me. How will they hear if there is not a preacher? God is looking for a send me generation. So when the fire shows up in your house, what is the appropriate response? Send me. Here I am, God. I, I'm not really able, but I'm available. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching? Anybody that knows it's not about your ability, but it's about your availability. How do I know this? Because the Bible says when we face God, what is he going to say if you, if you make it into heaven? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Faithful. He's looking Come for a on. faithful people. You might say, I don't have the gifts. I don't have all the talents that they have. God is looking for somebody that will stand at their post and say, here I am. What does he tell Moses next? When the fire shows up, the fire of God shows up. He says, take off your sandals, Come Moses. On, You're standing on holy ground. I came to declare to somebody today, take off the old things. Take off the old man. Take off the old mindset. Take off those old habits take off the old compromise you are now standing on holy ground let me make this statement very clear you cannot have the fire of god without the holiness of god come on z you cannot have the fire of god apart from the holiness of god that's why some of you are watching this live feed right now and you're already by the conviction of the holy spirit going through this live feed you're feeling the holiness of god come in and beginning to tell you to shift some things you know you're going to have to make a text right after this video. Come on, Z. You know you're going to have to shift some relationships. You know you're going to have to delete some apps. Come on, somebody in my preaching or anybody. Can, I, can we get real? And the holiness of God comes in when the fire of God shows up. But sometimes we, we just back up because the fire of God shows up and we're like, that comes with conviction. Yep. That comes yep. with change. So I'm, I'm going to back up from this because I didn't know really what I was getting myself into. Can I tell somebody today, be careful when you ask for the fire of God. Mm. I'm going to preach this message right now. Count the cost before you ask for the fire of God. Because God told Moses, take off your sandals for where you are standing is holy ground. The fire of God doesn't come apart from the holiness of God. And it says right after that, Moses hid his face. Man, Moses, the fear of the Lord hit Moses. Let me say it like this. That once again, the fire of God doesn't come from apart from the fear of God. We have to have a, a holy reverence before God. Can we be real, Isaiah? A, a large part of the church a lot of times has, has lost its, its true. reverence it's in true. a lot of ways. Has lost its reverence. And I'm not saying that you can't be intimate with God. The word of God says that Moses... Well, God would speak to Moses as one would speak to a friend. I know there's an intimate place with God, but let me tell you right now, he's the lamb and the lion. Come on. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, somebody. We cannot begin to just trample on the grace of God, pervert the grace of God, and say, you know what? I don't got to live with the fear of the Lord on my life. When I gave my life to the Lord, man, when God touched my life there at the Awakening 209, I'm telling you, the fear of God hit my life. The fire of God hit my life. And when the fear of God hits your life, you don't want to watch certain things. Mm. You don't want to listen to certain things. You don't want to indulge in certain things because the fear of God is upon you. This is a beautiful thing. But there's been this strange movement. Let me just preach it Come like on. that is. There's been this strange movement. When you start talking about the fear of God and you start talking about the holiness of God, that now you're a legalist. Come on.
True. Let me just preach it like, I, like it is right now. When you start talking about holiness and the fear of God, now that all that preacher preaches holiness and then these people preach grace. Let me tell you, when, when we preach holiness, we're preaching the will of God. First Thessalonians Come Paul on. says, it is God's will for you to be holy. So all I'm doing is preaching God's will for you. He desires that you would have clean hands and a pure heart. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So when I'm preaching about holiness, man, you can persecute me all my while you want, but I'm preaching the will of God for your life. This is this is this is so true. Grace is not grace is not something that we should pervert, trample on. Grace is not something that when, when you're about to take a hit of that blunt, when you're about on, to take Z. a drink of the bottle, and and the Holy Spirit's telling you no. Grace is not that thing that says, well, I'll do it because of grace. Come on. It's the grace. This is what grace is. When you're about to take a hit of that blunt, you're about to get that bottle Ooh. and you feel the Holy Spirit saying no. It's the grace of God. By the grace of God, I could put this bottle down. It's by the grace of God that I could put this blunt down. It's by the grace of God that I could stand before you, God, upright and right standing with you. And then what happens at the end of the story? I just want to sum it up with this. At the end of the story, he gets the fire. He responds correctly, man. When the fire comes, we must respond correctly. Then comes his mission. Then comes his mission. God gives him a mission. He says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh so you can deliver my people from Egypt. And sometimes we ask for the fire of God mm. and we think it's just to sit down, wow. snap, rattle and roll and roll around and throw oil on each Come other. Come on, Z. Can we be real, Come man? On. This is so we can go. This is so we can answer the call of God on our life. This isn't so we can have some type of title. This isn't so we can have some type of position. But this is because God has given us a mandate. That's why he puts the fire inside of us like Jeremiah 29. Like Jeremiah says, I got a fire shut up inside of my bones. That's why the fire is put inside of you so it can burst, so it can explode and go and change a generation. So along with the fire comes a mission. That's what I believe the fire of God is for. It's the fire of God that consumed my life when I was 16 years old. And it's the fire of God that's continuing to keep me going. It's the fire of God that we're longing for. It's the fire of God that we're hungry for, man. And let me just say it like this. A fire unattended will turn to ashes. Come on. Wow. A fire unattended will turn to ashes. And some of our spiritual lives has turned to ashes because we didn't attend that fire. We didn't put the wood back in. What's the wood? It's a new sacrifice under God. Come on. It's saying, God, I'm going to give you this part of my life so you can consume it. It's, it's, it's that fire that we're continuing to long for. And let me say this as well. There is a fire that the enemy provides. Peter found Come himself on. Come on. next to the wrong fire. When Jesus was there, he was getting beat up. Peter found himself warming himself around the fire. So listen, if you don't let the all-consuming fire of God come and consume you, there will be a fire that the devil provides. The word of God says that lust is, is a fire that leads straight to hell. So there's another fire, man. All of us are living on fire. It just depends on what you're going to live on fire for. Wow. We choose to live on fire for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We choose to continue to do his work and fiend and grasp for his fire. Z, I love what you said because I think a lot of people don't realize that who you hang with determines how long your fire is going to last. A lot of people don't realize they hang around people that quench their fire instead of people that stoke the fire. And so many reasons why there's people 
right now in the chat saying, I had the fire of God at one time. I had the fire of God for a few months. How many of us know? Now, if I said type one, it would be all 700 of you, but we all know people that will catch the fire and it only lasts a few months. And the reason is we always get around people that don't have the fire that one time had the fire. And I'll tell you one thing about Z about people that lost the fire. They want you to lose it because they lost it. So they say demonic things like, oh brother, you're going to calm down. Oh brother, you're just excited now because you've been in those live streams. Oh brother, you're just excited now because you've been to the awakening or you went to Z's revival meeting or Isaiah laid hands on you, but don't worry. And this is what they say. It's so demonic. Here's what pastors and leaders will say, allowing the devil to use them like he tried to use Peter to be carnal. They'll say, oh brother, don't worry. It's going to settle down. You're going to calm down. Things are going to, you know, just fizzle out after a while. You're just excited now. Friend, I want to tell you that in January 12th of 2011, I got caught in the fire of God and all these people try to come around me and say, oh brother, your fire is going to calm down. Oh brother, you're going to settle down. Oh brother, it's going to fade away. And mind you, this was before the millions of people have been impacted by the gospel through our ministry. They said, oh brother, this is just a season that you're going through. Friend, just because it was a season that you're going through, it doesn't mean it was a season that I'm going through. Just because your fire died, it doesn't mean my fire is going to die. And I'm grateful that I had some family members. I'm grateful I had an aunt, I had an uncle, I had a mom, I had a dad. I had some friends that got around me and said, no, 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 this fire isn't going to die. This fire is going to burn hotter. Friend, right now, my fire is hotter than it's ever been. It's been 10 years. And I'm telling you, I'm more on Fire Z at 6.42 p.m. Pacific time, September 1st, than I've ever been in my entire life. Because my prayer is not, Lord, I want to calm down or Lord for, you know, bless me during this season. It's Lord, I want to burn until you come back or until I breathe my last breath. Guys, let me say the fire of God is not a one night stand. The fire of God is not a vacation that you go on. God is not some kind of resort or some vacation that you just go to for two months or three months. And then you go right back to being a dead believer. Cause here's what I've come to find. People don't go back to sin. They go back to being Christians that are not on fire. A lot of times they don't go back to the heroin or the meth. They go back to lukewarm dead Christianity. That's just as bad as being addicted to heroin or meth. And God is saying, it's time for you to burn. Isaiah, how do I know if I'm on fire? Friend, if you have to ask the question, then you are not on fire. It is the fire that gets me out of bed in the morning. It's the fire that motivates me to keep preaching when I don't feel like preaching, to keep getting around people that have it. I want to be around people that are fanning my fire. I want to be around people that are encouraging me to walk holy. I want to be around people that are encouraging me to fast, encouraging me to, to read. And so many of you are around people that are encouraging you to compromise. They're encouraging you to be complacent. They're encouraging you to live for your career and your job. And pastors say, oh, at our church, we don't do it like that. Well, guess what? I don't want to be like you at your church because at your church, miracles don't happen. At your church, the dead don't get raised. They just get a verse on their tomb. At your church, demons don't get cast out. At your church, sick people don't get healed. And I'm telling you, it is impossible to be on fire and not be walking in the will of the Lord. As Z said, we need to steward the flame. 
Stop relying. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and get personal because it's my stream and I can. Some of you are relying on your husband to keep your fire going. Some of you are relying on your wife to keep your fire going. There's a lot of men watching me right now that are going to get frustrated. I say this because their wife blasts me all the time in the house and they're mad because, you know, they're spiritually dull and spiritually arrogant. But they're, if they were honest, their wife is on fire and they're living their life off of their wife's fire. They're living their life off of their kid's fire and say, oh, my kids are so on fire. And it somehow just Justifies the fact that we're not on fire because somebody else is. Or how about this one? Oh, well, my pastor's on fire and you should hear my pastor preach with the fire of God. Well, here's the deal. Your pastor can't go to your job and preach to your coworkers. Your pastor's not there at the family reunion. You don't need your pastor to have the fire. You need to have the fire. That's why John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. He said, but one is coming greater and mightier than me who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Reinhard Bonkizi used to say this, that he would pray for people that they would get baptized in the river of liquid fire. He believed that there was a river of fire and the same way John was baptizing in the Jordan. He said, Jesus is coming and he's not going to do a natural baptism. He's going to baptize you in the spirit. There's going to be fire that comes upon you. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the fire of God. We were not made to preach this way without the Holy Spirit. We could not get on here and preach this way without the fire of God. That's why you have to make sure the oil never runs dry because it's the oil that produces the fire. It's the anointing that produces the fire. You need to make sure that there is oil in your lamp and you don't lose the fire of God. And the reason, Z, why so many pastors and leaders and Christians hear me tonight, and everybody just share this right now, burn out is because they've ran out of oil. And when the oil dries out, the fire dries out. Well, how do I get the oil? How do I, how do I prevent burnout? The only way to get the oil is to lay down a sacrifice. The Bible says you have to pay for the oil. This is why he told the lukewarm church, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire and anoint your eyes with oil. Where do we get the oil to anoint our eyes? It's from the Holy Spirit. He's the oil. He's the anointing. And it's not going to be cheap. It's going to cost you something. God said in Jeremiah chapter 3z, that is my word, is not my word like a fire, a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. Friend, the word of God is a fire. The word of God lights a fire on the inside of you and you'll never be on fire or should I say stay on fire if you don't have a relationship with God's word. Listen to me. Some of you don't understand. Well, why don't I have the fire anymore? Why did I lose it? I can almost guarantee the moment you stopped praying and the moment you stopped reading was the same moment that you lost the fire of God in your life. That's why the men on the road to Emmaus, what did they say? They said, did our hearts not burn when he read us the scripture? When we preach, some of you, you're writing right now in the chat, I feel the fire, I'm crying. I've had probably already like 30 people I've read in the chat Z say, I feel the fire and I'm crying. I'm telling you because we're preaching the word of God and when the word of God preaches, he told Jeremiah, is my word not like a fire? When I read the word, the fire breaks out. When I preach the word, the fire breaks out. Some people say, well, I got caught on fire at one of your meetings. How did you get caught on fire at one of our revival meetings? It was not me. It was the word that I was preaching lit you on fire. The word of God lights a fire on the inside of us and you lose your desire for the word when you lose the fire and you lose the fire when you lose your desire. The more you read, the more fire you get. And some of you have lost your fire to pray tonight. You've lost your fire to 
to read tonight. You've lost the fire that you had to cry out to God. You get the fire, friend, by reading the word of God. And now if we go back three chapters, Jeremiah in chapter 20, as he just said, literally says that there is a fire. I try not to mention his name. He was discouraged. See, in that chapter, in chapter 20, this is before chapter 23, where God says, my word is a fire. Jeremiah wants to quit the ministry. Jeremiah is tired because every time he gets on Facebook Live, God has him rebuke the people. Every time he has a revival meeting, he's preaching holiness and repentance and coming against sin. And Jeremiah is frustrated like some of you tonight. He's tired like some of you tonight. He wants to give up like some of you tonight. He wants to throw in the towel like some of you tonight. And after all of his complaining and saying, I want to quit the ministry, Jeremiah said, but there is a fire shut up in my bones every time I try to keep my mouth shut. The fire makes me preach. There was a word burning in Jeremiah. See, understand sometimes God will put a burning word in you to preach or tell somebody. And the only way to get rid of the burn is to get the word out. That is why Z, you know, this is true. I know this is true. Every pastor that has a word from God knows this is true. The day that you have to preach, listen, my wife and kids already know the reason why I act all weird on Tuesday and all weird on Friday. And Z knows exactly exactly what I'm going to say. That's why he's already shouting me down here. The reason why they know I'm going to act all weird is because God has given me a word, which is fire. The Bible says, and that fire is burning in my belly. That is why I can't eat the days I preach. That is why I don't have an appetite the days I preach because there's a burning word on the inside of me. And the only way to get rid of the anxiety or the burn is to get the word out of me. Listen, some of you have gotten a word for a family and you know, you need to tell them this and you, you can't sleep at night. You say, Isaiah, I feel like I'm going crazy crazy because God told me to tell him this and I haven't told him. Friend, that, that feeling of going crazy isn't going to go away until you tell them. God has put that fire on the inside of your belly. I'm telling you the best feeling in the entire world is when I hop off this broadcast or I get done preaching a message and then I go out to eat after and I get to just relax and the reason why it feels so good is because I got the word out and the word was burning in my bones. How many know the fire doesn't always feel good but Jeremiah said there is a fire that is burning in my belly. And Z, I'm going to pass it over here in a minute, but I prophesy that God is raising up firebrands and fiery revivalists. God is raising up people that have the word in their mouth, that have the tongues of fire coming out of their mouth. I believe God is raising up a company of people that are not going to get silent, that are not going to let the devil water down their fire. Some people thought coronavirus was going to water down my fire. Some people thought coronavirus was going to shut down the fire of God in the church. Friend, there is no global pandemic that could stop the fire of God that is burning in America right now. The church is on fire. The prophets are on fire. And God is saying it's time to get lit on fire. I pray and I'm believing tonight that someone's going to raise up with the fire of God. I used to preach Z back in the day. You remember this and I was new to preaching. I didn't know when how Harley understood me. I would literally preach. And then our, our uncle Nino, he would literally have to get up and translate after me. And they were inviting me to preach at all these churches. I didn't know how to preach. I didn't know how to put words together. I mean, if you go back, they are cringeworthy, my early messages. But I'm telling you, the reason why people would get delivered and saved and healed, and they would invite me to these massive churches, even though I didn't know how to preach, even though I didn't know the word well, is because they could not deny the fire. When I would speak, they knew that it was the fire of God. 
Friend, there is something about the fire that people cannot deny. People, I'm telling you, that could be the most atheistic, the most carnal, and the most out there people. When they, when you begin to speak, they'll say, I don't know what it is, but I feel something when you're speaking. Friend, what you're feeling is the fire of Almighty God speaking out of me tonight. Some of you feel it right now burning in your stomach. That's the fire of God. And I'm telling you, tonight is a night where we're going to fan the flame. Tonight is a night where the fire is going to increase. I speak over you. The fire is not going to get less. It's going to get hotter. I break every demonic word curse off of everyone that had a pastor tell them you're going to settle down. I break every demonic word curse off of someone that had a family member tell them you were going to settle down, had a wife or a husband or a cousin or an uncle say, oh, you're just going to settle down. I'm not going to settle down. Friend, I'm not talking about having a five-year fire plan. I'm saying in 150 years, I'm still going to be on fire. I'm talking about a plan for the rest of your life. I'm talking about raising up family that have fire, raising up kids that are on fire, raising up a group of people that have the fire. If there's one thing, listen, you could say a lot of stuff about me. You might say that I talk too fast. You might say that I shout too loud. You might say you don't like my style or like my blue background. It's not a green screen, by the way. And you could talk all the smack you want about my family. You can talk all the smack you want about my church and about my live stream. But there is one thing, Z, that they cannot say. They cannot say he doesn't have the fire. If there is one thing I want people to say, it's, yeah, he's a little bit crazy. And yeah, he's a little bit eccentric and radical. Oh, but he has the fire of God. I had somebody write me, Z, recently, and they were, you know, they were skeptical about stuff, and they wrote somebody else, another pastor, and said, well, what do you think about Isaiah? And they were trying to get up some dirt or something. I'm like, hey, I'm an open book. You can look my life. I'm living in a glass house. And they said, oh, man, he has the fire of God. He's on fire. And I said, man, I want to be known as somebody that has the fire of God. So the question has to be, when people think about you, do they say, oh, man, Ashley's on fire. Oh, man, Sherry's on fire. Oh, man, Eliana's on fire. Aaron's on fire. Or do they go, oh, yeah, they go to church on Sunday. I don't want to be known as someone that just goes to church. I want to be known as being on fire for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Z, it's time that we get back to the fire of God in the church. I've never heard one lost person that came to one of our services, Isaiah, on. one lost person that was bound by drug addiction ever come up to me and tell me you preach too radical. You are too on fire. The only people yep. I've heard that Say from it. are people that are functioning under the religious spirit. Yep. I've never heard a lost person tell me that fire is going to fizz out, that fire is going to die down. That's the religious spirit. And I want to encourage the generation that's on fire. I want to encourage the younger generation that's on fire, that praises the way you do, that shout the way you do, continue to praise the way you do, continue to shout the way you do. The word of God talks about being a youth and not being ashamed of the gospel listen don't despise our youth man and don't let the religion the religious spirit shut the praise down, shut the voice down. I've only heard from lost people when they see us praising, shouting. I've heard them attracted to the gospel. Yep. I've heard them attracted to what God is doing. Why? Because the devil is radical with what he's doing. 
You look at the music videos that are being put out. You look at the messages that the devil's preaching. They are radical messages. We have to match the energy, man. When I played a lot of sports, and if you played sports and you come out in the first quarter and you're not ready to match come the on. other team's energy, you are going to get played by the first quarter. The game's going to be done. So the coach would preach to us and say, listen, you got to go out there and you mm. need to match their energy. They're coming ready. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you ready to steal, kill, and destroy? every demonic spirit that's been attacking you and your family are you ready to match the energy that the enemy has brought to your life are we taking it serious when the word of god says that he lurks around yep. seeking whom he can devour that's why so many times you're a married man you might find yourself always finding a way that you could cheat on your wife there's wow. a way that you could send a text it's because the devil's looking for you to get lured in the devil's looking for you to get lured in but what he doesn't tell you is that relationship will cost you your family Come on. what he doesn't tell you up front is that sin will make you pay a price higher than you want to pay it'll make you stay longer than you want to stay it's going to cost you more than you think man of god let me tell you right now man the fire of god wants to come and consume these areas in our life so there's no room for the snakes to come around. Come on. The fire of God comes and consumes our lives and the snakes can't come around. When you keep the fire of God in your life, you have the discerning of the spirits, right? Yep. Isaiah was come talking on. about it last, last week on Friday Night Fire, discerning of the spirits. So when Jezebel comes around, yes, Jezebel comes around in the church. Yes, the spirit of Jezebel comes around in the church with a lot of money wanting to sow into your ministry. Can I mm. preach to leaders? Yes, Jezebel wants to sow a lot of money into your ministry so she can have control to make decisions and begin to run the ministry the way she wants to. But you have the fire of God and the fire begins to keep the demonic spirits away and the moment you let your fire dim it invites the enemy to come in and I love Isaiah that you said a lot of times the devil doesn't always get people to go back to crack the devil doesn't always get people to go back to drug addiction sometimes he just gets you to sit down yep sometimes he just gets you to shut up and if he can get you to sit down and shut up then my friend let me tell you you've already lost the battle do you know that sin is an actually an archery term? Come on. Sin is an archery term. And what it means is you're missing the mark of God for your wow. life. Well, I'm going to church. You're missing the mark of God for your life. Well, I'm going to church, but I can still have my... You're missing the mark of God for your life. Well, I do good deeds. You're missing the, the, the mark of God for your life. And sin is that archery term to show you, listen, man, you got to hit that bullseye. You got to answer that call. You got to preach the way you're called to preach. You got to do what God's called you to be. Don't miss the mark because if the devil can't get you to go backwards, he's totally okay with getting you to miss the mark in little things. And me and Isaiah want to declare to you, why are we on here? Why are we doing this, Isaiah? It's because we came to declare to somebody, we believe, we're radical. Come on. We believe that there's somebody on the end of this live feed and there's a there's a flame with your name. Yes. There's an old saying they used to say this, that there's a flame with your name. And we believe that on the other end of this live feed, somebody watching this that feels the fire of God calling them, that fears, feels the pulling of God pulling them, that is the fire of God. That's the flame with your name. He wants to brand you with his name. He wants to brand you with such conviction that it changes your life. He wants to brand you with such love that you don't have a, a lust and a pleasure for anything else. He wants to brand you with such Holy Spirit fire that it consumes all of you. We came to tell somebody tonight, we came to declare over somebody tonight, catch that flame. 
Catch that fire, man. Don't miss the move of God. I've been preaching this, Isaiah. I've been preaching that there's a window of yes. opportunity that we have in this generation. I love, Isaiah, that you call it the greatest moment in human history. It's because we have a window of opportunity. People don't know, but if you don't know, I, I'm a, I, I write music, and I've been writing like never before. I've been mm. putting out songs like never before. Why? Because I sense that there's a window of opportunity for me to fulfill the call of God on my life and be the voice to the generation that God's called me to be and I can't miss that window of opportunity do you guys remember blind Bartimaeus come on listen about this blind Bartimaeus hears he hears Jesus is walking by so if you do the math approximately how long does it take for somebody to walk by it takes about 10 seconds and they're gone. Blind Bartimaeus somewhere in his mind says, I got about 10 seconds to scream like I've never screamed before. Blind Bartimaeus said, I got about 10 seconds to shout like I've never shouted before. Blind Bartimaeus says, I got a small window of opportunity to call on Jesus like I've never called on him before. And some of you right now, this is the grace of God that you're hearing this live feed and you need to get like Blind Bartimaeus and say, Amen. My window of opportunity mm. is small, but I'll cry out to Jesus. I'll cry out for my breakthrough. I'll cry out for my deliverance. I'll cry out for my freedom. Listen, man, notice that small opportunity. And even when the haters try to shut him up, the Bible says he cried all the more. Can I preach to a mom, a mm, stay-at-home mom on. that feels like you're not valuable to the kingdom? Listen, if you got to cry, you're valuable to the come kingdom. On. If you got to cry, you're valuable to the kingdom. You've been praying for your prodigals to come home, your prodigal sons, your prodigal daughters. You're playing a key role in the kingdom. Listen, I've made videos that have reached millions of people. You can look it up. But nobody knows my mom. Come on. But y'all don't know that when I was drugged up, y'all don't know Come that on, when I was Z. smoking a blunt, my mom was praying Come on. that the spirit of God would change me, touch me, encounter me. Don't tell me my mom's not valuable Ooh. to the kingdom. Don't tell me that even though nobody knows her name right now, don't tell me that she didn't make a difference that transformed nations. Let me preach to the stay-at-home mom and tell you right now, you're raising up world changes. It, You're raising up the next generation. When you turn off all the games and you put on YouTube, you put on a super book, you put on the Bible and you begin to teach them about the Lord, you have value that you bring to the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Is anybody watching this that knows, man, I am valuable. Maybe you don't got a mic. Maybe on, you don't Z. got a mic. Maybe maybe you're not on a platform and maybe you're like, God, I, I don't know. I'm, I didn't do everything that I thought I was going to do. Listen, man, it's not about the microphone. It's not about the platform. It's about God and it's about you fulfilling the call of God on your life. Whatever that may look like, living on fire. Maybe it doesn't look like a live stream like this. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it looks like you showing up to your mechanic shop, man of God, and Come saying, on. you know what? Today we're going to work on more than cars. We're going to work on the body of Christ. We're going to work on souls. We're going to work on getting people saved. I know that I got the Ooh. fire for a reason, and maybe my call looks different, but I'm going to go and bring the fire where I'm called to bring it, man. I came to declare over somebody there is a flame with your name. And like I shared with Moses, he's calling your name. Come on. There is a double call. There's a double call going out right now when he said, Moses, 
Moses, Isaiah, I don't know about you, but when you were at that altar, it was an urgent call. It was Isaiah, Isaiah. You know why he called you urgently, Isaiah? Because he was thinking about the millions of mm. people that needed to hear the Say message it. of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he knew an urgent call needed to go out. When he called me at that altar call, it was no average call like he was calling me for dinner. It was a call like I've commissioned you. I've got a mission for you. And it was militant. And let me just say this. If you miss the first double call from him, he will miss your second double call wow. when you say, Lord, Lord. Did anybody catch that right wow. now? If you know your word, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that? Depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. Don't miss his first double call because he will miss your second double call. Wow. Let me just preach that, man. There is a fear that we need to preach with. Why? Because the gospel needs to go forth with urgency. Yes. Why do you preach that way? Maybe this message isn't for the person that wants to sit on the sidelines. I'm okay with that. I know that we all got a part in the body of Christ, but this message is for somebody that does not want to sit on the sidelines of Christianity. I say in one of my songs, I'm not a sideline Christian. I get in the battle. I got my kids in the battle. Man, I got my kids in the battle. Let me just tell you guys like this. When I preach, I mean, I've been going through trials and tribulations with my preach. daughters sometimes. I feel like, man, when I'm about to go preach, something comes over my daughters and Come I need to pray deliverance That's over the them truth. sometimes. But I know it's there is a spirit. There's the spirit of Almighty God coming upon me and the devil doesn't like it. So he comes against. And some of you have been battling through some things. You've been battling through trial and mm. tribulation. It's because the devil's trying to stop the fire of God in your life. There is a flame with your name tonight. If you would receive the call, like I talked about with Moses, if you would receive the call and say, Lord, here am I. Isaiah, I was preaching recently, and when I was preaching, it was just online. And, and I began to preach this message about, about sacrifice and surrendering to the Lord. And after the message, um, somebody reached out to me. It was a mom, and she said, my son was about to, on his way out, he admitted to me that he was going to go and smoke weed with his friends, but on his way out, he heard me listening to your message wow. on Sunday morning through live stream. He ended up sitting down on the way out of the door, store, on the way out of the door, he sat down on the couch and he listened to the message that I spoke about sacrifice. He began to he began to cry, he began to break and he told his mom, "Mom, I don't have anything that I can sacrifice to God. I don't know what I can sacrifice to God. What is, what am I worth?" And his mom says, "Well, where do you what were you about to go do?" And he says, "Well, I was about to go smoke weed with his with my friends." And his mom told him, "That's your sacrifice." Mm. You're not going out to smoke weed with them. You changing your circle, you changing your ways is a sacrifice for the fire of God to fall on. Let me preach to somebody today that feels like, man, I have nothing to give to God. Man, give up that drug addiction to God. He'll consume it. Give up that alcohol addiction to God tonight. He'll consume it. Can we preach it like this? Give up the pill, pill prescription addiction to God that you've been justifying because the doctor gave it to you, but the Holy Spirit's been convicting you about it. Give it up and let him consume it. You do have some Something to offer to God today. I remember, I remember throwing out the pill bottle, Isaiah. Mm. I remember God convicting me and changing me. And I said, man, I need to change. I need to change. I have these prescription pills. Man, I had them at church. That's how twisted I was. I took them to church wow. with me. And I remember when he changed me on the way home, I was thinking about doing them and still justifying it and saying it's all good. Just like the devil comes in and says, just keep doing it. It's all good. And I remember that day I said, God, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this wholeheartedly. I opened up the pill bottle. I dumped it out in the country road. I let it fly. 
cry. And I remember that night, the Holy Spirit coming upon me like never before. Come Listen, on. some of you are not encountering the Holy Spirit like never before because you're not sacrificing and fully surrendering like he's calling you to sacrifice and fully surrender. Come on. The fire will begin to consume. The fire will begin to consume your life when you fully surrender and lay it all down to God. I think, Z, most people don't realize the fire only falls on sacrifice. The Bible says in Acts 2 that they were all together in one place and in one accord, that they all went there to experience the same thing. And I was thinking about a lot of people don't go to church expecting to experience the fire of God. Everyone in the book of Acts had the same goal in the upper room. It was that we are going to come here, lay down a sacrifice, and experience the fire of Almighty God. There's many reasons why now, Z, in the church, we gather. Some people come because the fellowship is good. Some people come because the building and the kids program and the teaching is good. Or some people come because the services are short. Or some people come to sear their conscience because it's what you do on Sunday morning. But very few people, hear me tonight, are coming to the house of God to encounter the fire of God. Very few people are coming in on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night saying, I am here to lay down an offering and experience the presence of God and I believe in the hour that we live in Z Jesus has become an add-on to the service not the sole purpose why we gather Jesus has become an add-on or an extra thing and we do everything that we want to do in the church but we never experience the presence of God and I want to tell every preacher I want to tell every pastor I want to tell every believer something Jesus is not an add-on to our services he is the reason why we are at service and I'm telling you I was thinking Z as I was praying today this is the most mind-boggling thing to me right now in the body of Christ is that the only optional part of our meetings is the altar call friend you have to understand the only optional part think about this how crazy this is the only optional part of our services is the altar time we make you sit through our entire service we make you sit through our 45 minutes of singing we make you sit through our five minute offering or should I say 30 minute offering we make you sit through our 25 minute message and then at the very end of the service after we do all the carnal stuff that we want to do we get up and say well does anybody feel like coming to the altar and we say if you feel like coming to the altar feel free to come forward and my question is Nobody feels like coming because your flesh does not want to come to a place where things die. From the altar was a place where they would lay down a sacrifice, the thing would die, and the fire of God would come down and consume the offering. In fact, if you read all the way from Genesis to the New Testament, the way that they knew if God would approve of a sacrifice is fire would come on the sacrifice. The famous prayer that Solomon prayed, if my people were called by my name, that portion says, and then Solomon laid a sacrifice down and the fire came out of heaven and consumed it. If you look all the way back to Cain and Abel, the reason why Cain knew that God accepted Abel's offering and didn't accept his is because fire came from heaven and consumed Abel's offering and did not consume Cain's offering. And so you have to understand that the altar is a place where the fire shows up. The altar is a place where things die. Altars don't have to just be things at churches, but you could make your life an altar. You could make your bedroom an altar. Come on, somebody hear me preach tonight. You can make your 
office an altar. And what they would do in the Old Testament, Z, is that they would tie the offering or the sacrifice to the altar. They would tie the animal to the altar because they knew that if they didn't tie it to the altar, the animal would get up off the altar. Understand that if you don't tie your flesh to the altar, your flesh will try to get off the altar. I'm telling you, I am tied to the altar. I'm living an altar lifestyle. I'm here till this life is over. I'm not getting off the altar. I'm Every time I preach, some of you have been following me for years, you know this. Every sermon I preach for the last six years, I respond to my own altar calls. Pastors say, what are you doing after you preach? Why are you down there getting on your knees? Because I have to tie myself to the altar. I live on the altar at the place where things die and I'm not getting off that altar. Some of you tonight, need to lay your life down on the altar and say, I'm not going to lay down a sacrifice. I'm going to become a sacrifice because the fire of God is attracted to acceptable sacrifices. See, understand that in the upper room, they didn't bring the offering. They became the offering. And the Bible says that there was a suddenly, suddenly's happen when you lay down sacrifices. And tonight, Z, I prophesy over this chat that there is going to be a suddenly that when you didn't believe it, when you don't expect it, suddenly God is going to show up at the right moment at the right time. And some of you listening have had suddenlies in your life. You weren't searching, you weren't pursuing, but out of nowhere, the fire showed up. Suddenly you got healed when you weren't even expecting it. Suddenly he brought you out of that depression. Suddenly God delivered you. Suddenly your marriage got healed. Suddenly there was a breakthrough in your finances. And I'm telling you, you might've saw it as a sudden. But in the heavenly realm, the spirit was moving long before you saw it. Some of you are going to encounter God tonight, but you got to understand that the spirit has been moving long before you even recognized it. And I want to prophesy that God is working even when you don't see it, that God is working even when you don't feel it. See, when they became an offering, the Bible says that divided tongues as a fire rested upon each of them. In other words, that the fire was not just for the preacher. The fire was not just for the pastor, but as Z said, there was a flame with your name and each of them got the fire. It was not legs of fire. It was not hands of fire, but God specifically targeted tongues as a fire because James says that no one can tame the tongue. And God says, I'm about to show you that I could tame what nobody else can tame. How many can agree that when nobody can tame you, Jesus tamed you when nobody could control you. Jesus was able to control you. You were wild before you met Jesus. I was wild before I encountered the presence of God, but it was only by his power. It was only by his fire. It was only by his anointing. Now, not only were the tongues on them, but the tongues speak of communication because God says the fire is going to fuel you. And I prophesy over you to begin to open up your mouth and begin to share your faith. It's time to begin to open up your mouth. Not only did God say, I want you to begin to share your faith, but tongues represent that God is now going to directly speak to us. And he's not just going to speak through a priest. Friend, when the tongues of fire rest upon you, God begins to speak to you directly. You don't have to wait for someone to speak to you on a Sunday morning. You don't have to wait till Isaiah Saldivar goes live to get a word. Every day, those tongues of fire begin to rest on you and God begins to speak on you. 
there is a suddenly there is a fire z tonight that i believe god is going to release over you i'm going to turn it over you one more time here and then guys do not log off here we are going to pray for the fire and the anointing of god because i believe tonight is a night for you to catch the fire tonight's the night everybody watching this man you hear about this fire and maybe you're watching this you long for this fire you're saying can i have that same fire come on do i have something inside of me to offer to god to consume let me just tell you right now man you have you have what God needs. Come man. Let me just say this like this. The fire of God is waiting to consume every part of you. I want to say this to somebody backslidden. I want to tell yeah. you, you can have the fire even greater than you had it mm. at first. I want to tell you right now, the person that has backslidden, that has felt like they have left the Lord, I want to tell you it's by the grace of God that you're listening to the sound of my voice. It's by the grace of God that you stumbled across this live feed. It is on purpose to remind you that God is still calling you, that God still has a plan for you, that God still loves you. Come on, can I say that again? God still loves you, that God's not afraid of your sin. God's not afraid of your dirt. God's not afraid to step into the darkest place and begin to call you back come on somebody can i preach to somebody maybe a leader watching this you were leading at one time even in ministry and you have fallen away from god let me just tell you right now god has grace for you watching this god has a plan for you let me just tell you that the latter will be greater than the former the devil has lied to you and told you it's too late the devil has lied to you and told you to just throw in the towel but it's by the grace of god you're watching this live feed right now now, and God is calling you back to a place of fire. He's calling you back to a place. You're feeling it right now as you're watching this Come live on. feed. Maybe you're a husband and you've had some things going on that, that you've been trying to compromise in certain ways and God's holy fire is consuming you right now and you know you're not going to be able to log on to that website anymore. You know you're not going to be able to text that girl anymore. You feel God's presence. You feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit through this video changing you, rearranging things shifting things it's not by accident that you are watching this man we got crazy faith i'm telling you right now there's crazy faith believing right now we and we, we've had testimonies of people sharing with this uh, isaiah some lady messaged me last week on the feed and she said i i turned on your preaching while you were speaking live on the feed and and my husband was playing a video game next to me and as i was watching the, the the video in my living room he began to cry while he wow. was playing his wow. video game let me just tell somebody watching this who has been distracted you've been distracted by video games you've been Come distracted on. by movies you've been trying to fill that void with all these different things of getting busy and god says i want you to put me on the throne of your life now i want you to put me at the center of attention i want you to give me your life i want you to surrender all i want you to give me all for sake all for the call can i preach the real gospel today because my bible says that my god is the same yesterday today and forever and if he called the disciples and said come follow me forsake all for the call pick up your cross come on somebody pick up your cross deny yourself and follow me that same call is going forth today we refuse to change the message we refuse to compromise the gospel we refuse to change the message to fit what everybody mm. else wants to preach man we will stick to the bible and god is still saying today that if any man 
Want to be in me? He must pick up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. Come on. He is still making the same call today. He is still calling the same way that he called in the Bible. We cannot switch up this gospel, man. And somebody's watching this and feeling like they need to surrender to God. It is not by accident. Right now that you're watching this, Isaiah and I came for one reason and one reason only, to reach the lost. Reach the lost. If you're on here and you say, Maybe this message isn't for me. I'm so lost. This, this is why we came on. Come on. We didn't come for the ones that are healed. We didn't come for the ones that think they got it all together. We hopped on this live feed hoping somebody like you would listen and open up your ear and hear the call go forth and say, God, I'm going to make the change. And listen, the Holy Spirit is so powerful. God's anointing is so powerful that this live feed can't stop what God wants to do. Mm. This live feed right now, the anointing can enter your home. You already feel it. The Holy Spirit is entering your place right now, wherever you're at, and beginning to break the chains already. All he's asking of you is a surrender. All he's asking of you is a surrender. If you're watching this in your house right now, I believe as you lift your hands, somebody lift their hands Come right on, now. Z. Somebody watching this, you've been feeling the fire of God all night. Lift your hands unto God and say, God, this is my sign of surrender. Take the chains. I'm tired of them. Take the drug of I'm tired of it. Take the alcoholism. It's already ruined my life. God, take the demonic spirits that have been tormenting my mind. I need deliverance. I believe right now, but by the power of God, you will be set free in Jesus' mighty name. We speak freedom. We declare victory in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over depression in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over drug addiction in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over anxiety on, in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over alcoholism in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over pornography addiction in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over pill prescription addiction in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over any trial tribulation you've been stumbling in. We declare victory over marital issues. We declare victory over every financial crisis. We declare victory in everybody's house watching this. I believe the Holy Spirit right now is supernaturally shifting your house. I believe the Holy Spirit right now is supernaturally shifting your marriage. He's supernaturally shifting your children. We declare victory over the parents that have been praying for the prodigals. I'm going to preach this right now and I'm going to declare it in Jesus' mighty name. We declare victory over those parents that have been laboring in prayer. You've been wondering if God's going to do it. You've been praying, crying out. It's been painful. It's been hurting you. But let me tell you, man, prayer is so powerful. Isaiah, I asked my mom the other day, I said, Mom, what's your what's your favorite thing about prayer? She's a prayer warrior, if you, if you guys know my mom. She said, I love that with prayer, you have no limits. Come on. I begin to think, I'm like, man, she goes, I can pray right now and God can begin to shift something and I'm not even there. Man, I came to declare over a parent of a prodigal son, God can begin to shift the atmosphere at the dope house. Come God on. can begin to shift the atmosphere at the crack house. God can begin to shift the atmosphere at the party. God can shift the atmosphere of wherever they're at. If you would have the faith, if you would have, man, the, the prayer, if you would get into it, man, if you would send it out, send the word. I believe that God can shift anything. There is no limit. Are we praying crazy enough? Come on. Are we praying crazy enough? Are we believing crazy enough? My mom used to pray that while I was drug addicted, that I would get caught in my drug addiction. So I would be like the prodigal son and come to my senses. Sure enough, I got caught every single time. But my mom began to have an intercessory prayer in her heart that shifted my life. It shifted the tra trajectory of my life. And I came to declare over a prodigal's 
parent, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Go another round. The fight can change at any moment, man. We, Man, I got a friend that we had been praying for him for a long time. His parents were logging onto my live feeds, and I kept talking about the prodigals. I said, God's bringing the prodigals home. I kept saying it. Sure enough, their son who lives close to me, he, he calls me one night, and he says, I don't know what happened. I was on Facebook and a message from Pastor Ed popped up and I was going to automatically exit out. And he says, but I couldn't exit out. And I watched the whole thing. I started crying. I started crying. And he said, Z, I gave my life back to the Lord. Man, this is a product of a prodigal parent praying their way through. The prodigal parent that continues to sow the word of God says this. Let me just tell somebody to stand on a promise. The seed of the righteous shall be saved it doesn't say they might be saved it doesn't say they could be saved the seed of the righteous shall be saved continue to go another round don't throw in the towel don't give up man you're blessing man you're blessing your breakthrough can be right around the corner i just want to declare this because i went to the men's home man i preached at this men's home week in and week out here in abilene texas and i talked to these men They come in broken. They come in with everything just gone. The devil has stolen from them Mm. left and right. I love preaching there week in and week out, Isaiah. Why? Because it keeps me close to the pain. Mm. I'm not just preaching at conferences. I'm not just preaching at churches. But I sit down with men that says this drug addiction has stolen everything from me. And I'm trying to get my kids back. I'm trying to get my marriage back. I'm trying to get my life back. It keeps me close to the pain. It shows me what the devil's really doing out here on the streets. If you don't have a why in your walk with Christ, I'll give you a why. The devil's out there tearing people up. The devil's out there stealing and killing and destroying. And it is our responsibility as the body of Christ to bring life. Come on, somebody. To bring life. To restore. To change. To shift. The atmosphere should shift as soon as you get in the room. Come on. The culture should change as soon as you get in the room. But I'm talking to these men, and as these men are there, they're broken, they're they're addicted, and all I begin to tell them is, man, God can restore, God can change. And I begin to realize a lot of them, Isaiah, have grandmas. Come on. A lot of them have parents that will not stop praying for them. And And I'll share a message, and as I'm sharing the message, they'll begin to say, my grandma prayed for me to come here, and I'm here today. And I wanna declare over a parent watching this, a grandparent watching this, listen, your prayers, your faithfulness, man, fruit fruit comes from faithfulness. Your faithfulness has fruit, man. Mm. This is so real in Isaiah's life. This is so real in our life. There is a rich DNA of the kingdom of the gospel. There has been leaders that have gone before us and they have sowed for this. And I know Isaiah can attest to this. We have reaped blessings that another person has sown many times. How do you got favor like that? I didn't just get it because of me, man. I got it because there was a DNA, man. There was prayers, man. There was favor that was poured out from one generation to the next. So I want to declare whatever you're struggling with, if there's any of those things that we've we've talked about right now, I want to declare victory over it in Jesus' mighty name. Victory in your marriage. The devil has said some of your marriages are going to fail, Mm. that you have gone too deep, your problems are too big, and I declare restoration and victory over your marriage in Jesus' mighty name right now. 
Yes, Father, we're asking tonight, come on, wherever you're at right now, put your hands out and receive what God is doing. Father, we pray for the fire and the power of God to come over them, Lord. Lord, we are praying for your all-consuming fire. Lord, David prayed, search my heart and find if there's anything that offends you. And we're asking, Lord, that you would purge us with your fire, God, that your fire is a purifying fire. It's a purging fire. And God, we pray the fire of Almighty God. I speak to every dead pastor. I speak to every dead minister evangelist, preacher that just feels like they've lost their passion. They've lost their fire. Lord, we are praying for a fresh fire and a fresh anointing in Jesus name. We speak the fire of God over stay at home moms. We speak the fire of God of those working in the hospitals, those working in law enforcement, those business owners, God, those students, father, we ask you Lord over every different job, every different type of person from different areas of society, every color, God, every race, Lord, every economic status, that your fire is for everybody, that your fire is not just for the preacher. And so, Lord, we are praying for the baptism of fire. John the Baptist said he's going to come and baptize you in fire. And so, Lord, we pray tonight for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, we are asking that you would pour your fire out on your people. Father, we are praying for a fresh anointing. We are praying for a fresh fire. We are praying that the oil would not burn out in our lamps. But, Lord, you you would release your power, you would release your fire, and that you would have your way in the name of Jesus, God, those that are unsaved tonight. Tonight is your night to get saved and to get the fire. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. All you have to do is say, Lord, I surrender everything from this cost, everything. You have to lay everything down to get this fire. And so tonight, the same way I laid everything down, you can lay everything down and say, Lord, I want to burn for your kingdom. I want to burn for your honor. I want to burn for your glory. I'm tired of burning for things of this world. I'm tired of burning for other lovers. I'm tired of burning for lust and burning for drugs and burning for culture. But tonight I want to burn for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we are praying that you would consume us with your all consuming fire. God, tonight baptize us in fire tonight. Have your way, God, and do what only you can do in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I I love that you said, um, I love that you talked about the leaders, the pastors that that have been going through it, because I know through COVID, there's so many different leaders going through it with their flocks, trying to figure out how to navigate this COVID thing. Come but we, we declare, we pray yes. right now, we declare that the fire of God would begin to restore anything the devil has trying to steal. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.